There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, the do I. Are tuned in to the Power Chord Hour right here on 107.9 WRFA, as well as on the Power Chord Hour podcast. How you doing out there? I'm your host, Anthony Merchant, back at it with our first episode of March. Very, very excited to be talking right now to Jack Grisham of TSOL. They got a brand new record out now, A-Side Graffiti. It is out everywhere on Kitten Robot Records. I've gotten a chance to give it a few listens. I absolutely love it. So let's talk some music with the punk legend right now, Jack Grisham. Jack, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing really well. I've been really looking forward to talking to you. And again, huge congrats on the uh, new release of the album. I was like kind of talking about this going back to like the beginning of uh, making a new record. You know, like how far back was uh, A-Side Graffiti started to get worked on? You know, we just heard it this week. But how far back did the band kind of start working on this thing? Well, it, you know, okay, so, all right, try to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not very calm usually. So, uh, so the name a side graffiti, what it, what that name stands for, the songs were never meant to be on a record. Really? We would just go in the studio. Hey, let's try this. Hey, let's try this. So like you said, I think back all the way back to 2018 and it was just, Oh, you know, somebody go, Oh, let's, let's try this song. Hey, I got an idea. Let's go in. So we would just go in and just record one song. So it was almost like somebody tagging a wall, really, you know? So so that's why it was A-Side Graffiti. It was singles just from all over the place, just slammed together. So they, they were just tags, really. <laughs> so it was never meant to even be a record. And uh, then uh, Paul Rossler, who was the producer said, hey, we should put all these songs together into one record. I'm like, well, <laughs> I guess we could do that. <laughs> and uh, and so it ended up to be a record. And it's actually, it's kind of fun because there there was no plan to it. It was just like, hey, let's try this. Let's try that. Oh, let's do this. Hey, I heard this song the other day. Want to do it? It was just, it was just kind of like that, just really relaxed and kind of fun. Gotta give you a big compliment because I gotta say, like, it all flows really well together. So, I mean, it feels kind of like, you know, one, I mean, like it's an album, but without knowing that, where like it wasn't ever meant to really be an album, it feels coherent, which I mean, also now knowing that, you know, sequencing wise, did this thing all kind of flow together pretty easily? Or, I mean, was well, there. <laughs> I mean, say that. Did you even mention sequencing? Because, like, trying to figure out. So normally if I would make a record, I would basically know, okay, this goes into this, goes into this, goes into this, right? But then when you're dealing with a record like this where it's all these different styles and songs, it's like, well, what goes into what, man? So we would just be sitting there and they they kept going back to me going, well, you're the final call on this. I'm like, well, what do I know, man? (laughs) You know, it was was funny, like trying to sequence it was kind of strange. I was I was wondering that because yeah I mean again like like you're saying I mean if you sat it which also answers the question you're like oh like you know would you sit down and kind of think all oh, this record in like one sitting or something like that obviously that's not the case but that's interesting too yeah like now trying to go like okay how do we put these uh, pieces together so like normally though when well, it- if you literally if somebody sat down and said 
hey, this is the record I'm going to make. They should definitely be treated for personality disorder. <laughs> there's, there's no way. Somebody, I, remember, I remember one time this guy sent me a song. He goes, hey, hey, will you listen to this song I wrote? And I listened to it. I thought, God, how many of you are there? Because it sounds like there were eight different people having eight different ideas on that song. It was so crazy. It's like one minute, it's a country jam. Then it's into this punk thing. Then it slows down to like a funk hip hop. I'm like, there's eight songs here, guy. You know, it was so, so I mean, if somebody literally sat down and was going to make this record, they would definitely have some problems. They would have some mental issues going on. With a, you know, like, like I think this is the other thing. You know, obviously it's been a, it's been a little while since the last TSOL record, but I mean, like for for the band at this this far into your career, like with putting this out, and you know, again talking back on this, where like you know, never never intending to put this out as a full record, like do you do you still feel like it's important to put something out, like release something almost on a regular basis, or do you kind of feel more like that, where hey, if something hits you and inspiration strikes, now's the time for a TSO record. TSOL record more than like oh hey we need to put something out every two years or something like that yeah we don't really think like that it's not and we had just so so we I had just released the uh the the movie about TSOL ignore heroes yes which came out before this record so it was really like oh hey, I'm making a movie I'm making a movie and they're like hey you want to make a record too <laughs> let's do the record like, yeah that sounds great man and uh so no, there's never there's never really a plan to us. There there's not a plan that which is probably to to our fault. Uh, we don't have a manager. There's no real crew. We don't have a crew. It's just us driving around in a van. You know, we usually get you know one of our kids or relatives to sell shirts for us. <laughs> it's like it's just it's like kind of really it, it really is like a punk rock band, I guess. So there's no real plan. Nobody's got any any great plan going on. When you when you guys do get in the studio, I'm always interested in this part. For like you, do you do you enjoy the like sitting in there tooling around with songs, working on like everything and you know, tweaking everything, or do you like to get in, get that like record bashed out so you can go like play it live? Are you a studio guy or do you like to get those recorded and just go play them? Well, okay, that's um yeah, the I like going in the studio, but the reason I like going in the studio is because of Paul Rossler, who who was the producer engineer on this record. Paul and I are good friends, and I I was the minister at Paul's wedding. Oh, so nice! Like, yeah, so so it's fun to go over with Paul, and we all get in there and we lay it down in the studio like it's live. We do it like a live record. And then Paul does all the tweaking and stuff. I, I don't got the patience to sit there with all that crap going on. Like, I'm like, okay, we got it. We got it. We got it. We got it. You know, hey, let's do another take. No, no, no. We got it. Would you kind of, would you say too, like when you look, when you're looking for a producer to work on a, on a record, like this far in the band's career has like what you're looking for in a producer changed from like compared to maybe recording the earlier records? Cause the way I look at it, like, you know, you know what the band sounds like, you know, things like that. I feel like the producer role for a young band versus a band who knows what they're doing and knows their sound kind of changes. I mean, do you feel that way? Do you look for different things in a producer now than you would have back in the day? Well, I think 
you know, lately we've been working with Paul. We used to work with Tom Wilson a lot early on the early of, of our records. And then lately we work with Paul. Uh, I think it's just, it's more of like a friendship thing. You know, we're not, I mean, we sound how we sound. We're not really, you know, we may try different things, but we're not really looking for somebody to mold us or change us or, or do whatever. It's, it's just kind of, I think we work with Paul cause he's a, he's a friend. So, so that's why we, we work with him. Was every, if that makes sense. Oh no, no, that makes, that makes total sense. And again, that, that I feel like makes sense too with like, what you need in a producer changes. I'm I'm sure you're well aware of what you want a TSOL record to sound like. I don't know if this far in you still need producers to help you like find your sound or to find well, what you, you guys need, are doing. You need good engineers. That's for sure. And and the thing is, you know, with Paul, he's a great engineer and he's a great producer too. So so he we you're right. We know what we want to sound like. We kind of know what we're doing. And uh, you know, we really need somebody that can just make whatever we're doing sound good. Was and that's why that's what a good engineer is. Was the uh, new album, I mean, recorded all in the same studio or are these all kind of recorded in different places? No, every one of them, all of the, the only song that was recorded differently was um, the last track, the kind of bonus track, the David Bowie cover, Can You Hear Me? Oh, yeah. That was, that was sent around in the mail. Oh, really? Because, yeah, but, well, because COVID was going on, like at the time, you know, whatever that means. So it was hard to get a <laughs> hold of people. So everybody was kind of doing their parts in different little studios. And then they sent it, they sent it in. And then it was mixed. And I did the vocals at Kitten Robot Studio. Oh, nice. So. So that so everything was basically done at Kitten Robot. Although certain things were done uh, on the song Ghost Train, the saxophone track on Ghost Train was actually recorded in England and sent over. Uh, some of the vo background vocals of Sweet Transvestite were recorded in Canada and sent. So, uh, you know, I mean, the way things are now, God, you can just you know you can get stuff recorded all over and just mailed <laughs> mailed to. <laughs> Probably way easier. I don't think you could do that in a you know like the early '80s. Might be a little harder, take longer. Just be mailing. Oh, you couldn't. No, <laughs> you could. When we first started making records, they were still being recorded on tape. <laughs> nice, nice. So not digital. So they would be cutting stuff with razor blades. <laughs> like that's how they used. To, I try to explain that to people. And they're like, "What are you talking about, <laughs> man?" So they would have to literally cut the tape with a razor blade. Like if you Jeez. wanted to you know, slow a song down or whatever, you can literally drag your hand across the tape to slow it down. <laughs> that that itself is, I have talked to like some producers who were, you know, like doing that stuff back in the day. And it seems like that itself was an, like on top of being a producer and engineer, splicing tape and doing things like that seems like it was an art form in itself. Like that was a skill on top of all that other stuff. Oh, it was, when I first started making movies, it was cutting like that. Really? Because you're cutting, you're cutting film. I... So, so the, I would have film pieces all over the house. My parents would come home, and there's just shit hanging everywhere, <laughs> you know. And and every once in a while, you'd end up putting something in backwards or upside down, not backwards, but upside down, and you know, just crazy. <laughs> 
You know, you do. Uh, you got a few really good. You mentioned the uh, David Bowie cover a second ago on the uh, new record, and I mean, there's a couple really good covers on this thing. I was wondering, were there any covers being considered that ended up not happening? Any anything else you were thinking Always. about? <laughs> Always. <laughs> oh, I'd love to hear some if you got any. Yeah. Well, we never finished them, but it, it's always like, God, I'm going to try that and see what you know. Let's just try it. Here's the thing, goddamn people are so they're so afraid of what they're going to look like. You know, they're so, you know, the thing about punk rock was supposed to be no one cared. Yeah. Like, we just, we just didn't care. It's like, oh, well, we don't care what we look like. You know, you can F off. You know, <laughs> nobody, you know, it was, and, and didn't care what you really sounded like. And then what happened is this rock and roll thing started creeping back in. And now you get these punk rock band guys with egos and a look they got to maintain and a sound they got to do. And they're, they're so damn afraid. You know, they don't want to try anything because they think they're going to look bad. They're not going to be cool. I don't even care. You know what I mean? I'm 62 <laughs> years old and been doing this a long time. I've done a whole bunch of uncool stuff, you know. And uh, so it's fun. So when a cover comes up, it's just like, hey, let's try this. Let's try that. Let's try that. You know, who cares? F you, <laughs> F you, uh, which was the, that was the motto, man. You know, it's like F you. Oh, so what? <laughs> I, lo- no. I think you have to, right? Because, I mean, if you start getting in your head about what people are going to think or if they care, I think that's the first step to failure, basically. Oh, my God, it's awful. What a cage. <laughs> what an awful cage to live in. No, you no. know, that, it, that you judge everything you do by how someone's going to take it. It's like, oh, my God. Like, I learned that with writing. Like, the the first book I wrote, American Demon, uh, it was, you just have to write like no one's ever going to read it. Like, you just write like no one's going to read it. You make a movie like no one's ever going to see it. You make a record like no one's ever going to hear it. Like, you you just don't even put any thought of what people are going to think, do, act, react, or whatever into it because the minute you start doing it for somebody else what a bummer what a bummer that is man it it, it's awful it's awful you just got to do it for yourself and if people like it great if they don't like it great they think it's stupid great they think it's great great i really like that though I, I think you're right about that is not not overthinking or doing it for someone else. Like you're saying is like make it with the intention of you you know it not not the idea of anyone's ever gonna see it. Just do it for you basically. I like that's that. right. That's right. Everything like that. Because then it's because then you're re, you're being real. You're being real. It, it's like, yeah, this is me, man. And I'll tell you it's hard. It's hard to stand there basically nude in front of people and just say, Yeah, check me out. This is what I got. This is what I'm doing. But it's so much more freeing than the other way. Oh, my! I can't even imagine spending a lifetime catering to somebody. And in the end, just saying, you know what? I sold myself out every move I made. What a bummer that is. Oh, no. Screw that. Screw that. I'm happy we have the output that you've uh, put out there, I think, because you're not overthinking. You know, you're not doing it for others. You also, you're, you brought up writing right there, which I wanted to ask you about this. I actually read a, I think it's an older interview with you, but I just recently saw it and you were talking about how Grant Hart kind of helped you dwell, like delve deeper into writing lyrics and just kind of, he kind of <laughs> shaped writing for you a little, like I'm, I'm a huge Who's Do fan and like, I don't know, is there anything like more on that story? Do you remember how he helped you? Like I just, yeah, I remember exactly. I remember exactly. So so I would write, I never, look, I'm not a very awake guy. 
You know, I, I mean, I, I'm not a very awake cat. <laughs> it's like people have to say, hey, do you understand what's going on? You know, it's like, oh, yeah, look at that. <laughs> so I'm just like <laughs> clueless. You're basically talking to, to a child right now. And uh, I mean, my, my wife, you know, would say it all the time. It's like, you're, you're a child. You can't be left alone. <laughs> no, it's just So anyway, so we were on tour. And, and when the early bands went on tour, uh, most of the support came from other bands. You know, you're playing little places, you're playing little halls or somebody's house or, you know, something somebody set up. So we happened to be in Minneapolis playing a show with Husker Du. And the place we were playing had strippers between the bands. So <laughs> we weren't old enough to even be in there. So we had to play the show and then wait outside and then come in for the next show. It was like, <laughs> it was crazy. But. So that night, we stayed at Grant's house, and Grant's parents had a motorhome in their driveway, and we slept in the motorhome. Grant let us sleep in the motorhome. And while we were there, he gave me a small little rhyming dictionary, and just a very small, like a pocket-sized paper book, paperback. And uh, he said, hey, have you ever seen one of these? I use these to write with. And I'd never seen, like, I'd never seen it. You know, I'd never seen anything. I never, I went to school to find out where the party was. <laughs> I, I didn't go to learn, you know. And uh, anyway, so he gave me this little rhyming dictionary and said, hey, you should check this out. And I still have the rhyming dictionary that Grant gave me. Oh, I geez. still have it. Yeah. That is yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. Like, and it's got words that he had said. <laughs> you know, there were like phrases. And it's funny because some of them are real. Like, like I didn't know that another word for rain was white horses. That was like a, a, a metaphor for rain. And, you know, uh, he had circled stuff in the book that, that a lot of it's like real cliche. But when you're a kid, it's like, oh, that's good to use, you know, so. Anyway, that's so cool, though, that I mean, even even to kind of have that where that that made you, you know, to even be able to say it made you kind of think about writing differently after that by the sounds of it. I never thought about it. I, I never <laughs> I never thought about writing. It's like. I mean, I am so stupid that my girlfriend used to say that girl's trying to pick up on you. I'm like, what, what do you No, She's not. She's just being nice. She's nice to me. And my girlfriend would just go, you're an idiot. She's all over you. I'm like, no, no, she's just being sweet. It's like, I am such an idiot that basically a woman would have to come up and make a circle with her, with her index finger and thumb and take another finger and stick it through the hole. All the time. <laughs> right at me it's like what oh no don't feel bad i've been told i'm the same way jack oh my god yeah my my, the, my girlfriend that i'm seeing now she says i'm the stupidest smart person she's ever met in her life oh i absolutely love that well, let, I got a couple. Uh, I got a couple more here for you, man. I mean, I want to talk a okay. little more about the uh, new record. I love talking about this. And uh, are there any 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 time I talk to someone putting out a new record, you know, the recording part of it all? Any real pain in the ass moments recording this album, whether it be a song you just couldn't get the sound in the exact same way you heard it in your head, a part of a song that just wasn't coming out right? Like, was there any just pain in the ass moment making a side graffiti? Um. 
No, I don't. Uh, I'm trying to think. No, I don't. I don't think so. One, because the, the guys in my band, the people I play with, they're all real solid. They're all solid cats. I, I mean, they're, you know, we've we've all been doing this a long time, and we're like a family, and and so it uh, it goes pretty quick. And because these were treated as singles, we weren't. Excuse me. We weren't in the studio for a long time. Sometimes when you make a record then you're in the studio for a week or two uh you can get on each other's throats and start fighting or whatever but a lot of this stuff some of these songs were recorded in an afternoon oh wow so so it was you know it was real quick so you don't really have time for a lot of problems normally time creates problems <laughs> too much time you know too much time on my hands <laughs> that damn song no, it's like, then you start, God, what, who was that, Foreigner or somebody like that? I, I think know. you're right, yeah, Foreigner sticks. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah, but but that's when you start getting in trouble. But when you just go in and you just, like, okay, like, uh, what a wonderful world that's on this record. That was, literally, that was literally recorded in 20 minutes. Wow, 20 geez. minutes. I mean, it was, the piano part was done. And then, and then I started singing the words. I thought, no, 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 man, I'm going to go home and change these words. And, and so I went home and rewrote the lyrics. So, so it's not the same. It sounds legitimate. Like if someone didn't tell you, if you were listening, you'd think those were the right lyrics. <laughs> it sounds right, <laughs> but, they're, but they're not. The lyrics have been completely changed. And then we finished it, and um, it was... There was like fake strings on it, like sampled strings. Mm -hmm. And then this friend of mine who's a string player, he heard it and said, God, and I didn't know he was a string player. He said, uh, God, you know, you really need real strings on this. I go, yeah, if we could afford them. He goes, I'll do it. And, uh, and he was the one who he went back in and, you know, used the cello and the violins and just really did it up great. So. Oh, he did a great job. Absolutely amazing job. Yeah. Eric. Eric Gorfain, and so on a side note, I'll tell you, so he, Eric Gorfain, he's in a string quartet called the Section Quartet, and he asked me, said, hey, Jack, would you like to come out on stage and do this song with us? I'm like, what? <laughs> so I, I went, you know, oh, I thought, nice. what the hell, man? He did it for me, I'm going to do it for him. So I go, and it's a sold-out show in a nice theater, and they have me come out as a guest, and sing that song and it's like oh my god i had my legs were shaking so bad <laughs> i i had never been so scared because in punk rock i i don't really get a lot of stage fright because there's so it's like a three ring circus there's stuff going on everywhere nobody's really staring at me you know what i mean mm -hmm. so i don't feel as self-conscious but oh my god when i walked out with that string quartet the lights went down a little spotlight came out on me <laughs> oh my god Get me out of here, man. <laughs> oh, that's amazing doing stuff like still getting to do new things like that though too are also is also neat. You know, I mean it sounds like you do seem like you still do new things all the time in your career. Whether I mean again, you've you've written books, that documentary just came out last summer. Like it seems like you keep things fairly fresh. It's not like you're just, you know, singer in a punk band or something like that. No, I like to do a lot of stuff, man, because I think it's fun. Look, this is a short life. You know, and it's like, I like to squeeze it full. Say, you know, what are we doing, man? I didn't come here to sit around. Let's do something. Let's make something. Let's create something. Let's try something. 
you know, and, and the cool thing is, is you can always find somebody willing, or at least I have always been willing. I have always been able to find somebody willing to mix it up with me. You know, it's like, Hey, let's make a record. Great. I'll get so and so and so and so let's do it. You know, it's, uh, there's always somebody that wants to do something. So nice. Nice. Well, Jack, I mean, we have the new, we got a side graffiti out now everywhere. Um, any touring plans for TSOL for the rest no, of the Well, we're going to, we're going to do a couple of shows with no effects. Nice. We're going to do a, the, this big, no values show oh, down in, in Pomona. I know it's crazy. It's like a kid. It's like a punk kid's wet dream. That show. And uh, <laughs> I'm ready to come to the West Coast for that. I'm definitely. Thinking oh about my god! It. Yeah, it's so such a crazy lineup. And uh, and we're you know we're gonna do some stuff with No Effects and the Descendants. We're gonna do you know just little little one off shows. We're not gonna be touring anymore. Like no more like touring all the time. Just we're gonna go do a show here, a show there. You know so. I mean, it got to the point we were doing 85 shows a, a year, which Jeez. that's a, that's like a third of the year on the road. And uh, and so now we're thinking one or two a month. Taking it a little easier. Have you? Yeah, a lot, lot easier. Have you had a chance to play any of these new songs off the new record live yet? Yeah, 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 yeah. We we actually play some of them live. So uh, so which which is fun. And we'll we'll probably try to play more of them live. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't practice. So, so it's like, I mean, there has literally been times when I haven't seen any of the guys for a year. Oh, geez. And, and it's like, and then I walk, I have, I, I've literally, I can, I can think of a time right now we're in Washington, Washington state. And I walked out on stage. I hadn't seen Ron for a year and I didn't see him at sound check. I was out screwing around. I got there at showtime they go, you on, go on at 9.30. I walked on stage. I go, hey, Ron, what's up? What do you want to start with? <laughs> and that was it, man. You guys are professionals. The fact you can even do that, I would say <laughs> you're professionals. Yeah, well, you're not listening to what it's like. <laughs> no, I I okay. like, Yeah. I yeah. took it the wrong it, way. I think that's punk rock professionalism. <laughs> oh, it sure is, man. It's like, yeah, well, we are what we are. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I heard this great thing about Frank Sinatra one time. He did a take, and somebody looked at him and goes, I don't do two takes. I am what I am. He <laughs> 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 took off. Like, oh, my God. How great is it? It's like, look, we are what we are. We can practice all day long. We're not going to get any better. So I think I think you guys anyway. are good the way you are. Any Anything Excellent. else? Any You got the shows, got the new album. Anything else coming up in the world? I mean, anything else from uh, Jack Grisham and beyond? Anything no, else? nothing. Probably probably another couple book or twos coming out soon. So we'll see what happens. Very nice. Anyway, well, th thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely, Jack. This was uh, great. We're going to play some new music off the uh, new album right now. Talking, I'm Anthony Merchant talking to Jack Grisham of TSOL right here on the Power Chord Hour.